and welcome to Dental Tech Chat. I am here today with Dr. Grace Yama Yummy Dental and Orthodontics. I do love your practice name so much, and you are the founder behind Mommy Dentist in Business, which I know is huge, and I adore your podcast. I am a listener myself, and I just really love your Facebook group and stuff, and the following on there is unbelievable. I think you've been doing such a great job, and you are definitely one of your leading practitioners in Chicago. And Thank I just you. think you're doing a wonderful job with all of that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I'm so glad to be on your podcast. Excited to be here. Um, yeah, it's been a really wonderful journey. I've been very blessed. And I have to say, I'm just having a great time. I, I mean, you guys really have a lot of fun on that podcast. I really love like when you do the lives and you're asking people speed flash round questions, you guys do <laughs> such a great job on there and it's just so interesting. And I just got to say, you're definitely well known. I think you just have really great expertise and you appear, you appeared in some television shows I saw, which was really cool, like Chicago NBC and today's show, which I think is just such an awesome to be featured in. So Thank I'm just so happy to have you here as well to share your time with us. Thank you so much. I enjoyed every aspect of my career of, uh, you know, going from practicing every day to being on media to running a Facebook group and being on social media. It's just been very, I guess, intriguing. Um, I'm, I'm sure people are like, you're all over the place. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but, you know, I've dabbled in, in so many different things and there's just a lot of different pieces that come together. And, you know, as, as time goes on and I've been in the dental industry for over 20 years, you just find ways to have fun. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, I mean, I think it's just so neat how you maybe start out, you know, like I was reading about your story when you started when you were like 18 and looking up to your um, mother and just stuff like that. And just seeing like how you've grown this community of moms and becoming like your own mom boss and showing like, you know, you can do your passion and you can also have your career. It's just been really amazing and making that fun and showing women that it can be done has been so neat. And I really just love your story behind all of that. And you really use your social media to your advantage, which is great. Thank you. It's been fun. I have to say that the, you know, social media aspect was very unplanned for and unexpected. Yeah. So when it all happened, it really happened so fast. I had no idea this was going to happen. <laughs> I, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's okay to embrace the unknown. And as a dentist, I really carefully planned out what I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to have dental practices. I wanted to be my own boss and eventually have my own family and kids. And, yeah. um, and sometimes things don't always go according to plan and, and you have to learn how to be flexible and pivot and be open and be open-minded. And I think that the journey that I've been on, the successes, the failures, mm -hmm. the ups, the downs, all of it together brings me to a place where I can use that as a stepping stone to help mentor other women, other moms, other, you know, students. And that's been a really pleasant experience. And I think that having now a Facebook group of over 7,500 women 
Amazing. It's been eye-opening. Um, you know, we're three years old, and I didn't seek this out. I didn't set out any goals to have X number of people or to have a podcast or to have a group. But being where we are now, it's just exciting. And I'm so, so fortunate to have this platform to share all of our stories. Yeah, I think your authenticity is really the most amazing thing. I think most dentists, you know, when they get into, you know, like social media as yourself and you said like it just happened, I think just you being your authentic self is really what I think helped unfold your story and it's helped so many other people and they can relate. And all in all, I mean, that's, I think, just what's so wonderful about social media and these connections. And that's what we're also doing here with Sodium Dental. Like, we want to learn what you guys are having and using in your practices because that helps us better help solve your guys' problems with technology and learn what you guys are, like, loving and what needs to value be improved on. So I just think that's wonderful. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you just a quick question before we jump into the technology. Um, what was, um, what attracted you into dentistry, like, overall like what's kind of like your story and kind of getting started with all of this um you know as um let's see where does it all come from mm-hmm. i think that growing up i've always been very nurturing i've always wanted to work with kids mm-hmm. and you know i think kind of in college um things started to unfold and i really took to science i was really good at science and math and kind of like wanted to venture out and see what it would be like to be in the healthcare field and volunteered a lot, went to the hospital. I was like, do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to be a nurse? Do I want to be, what, what is it that I want to do? Um, I ruled out vet very early on because I couldn't deal with dying pets. Um, and so I was just like, okay, what else is there? And um, long story short, I ended up being a dental assistant as a Saturday part-time job and had like no idea what dentistry was right and i'm i mean of except for going to the dentist but i just didn't really know the ins and outs and i really enjoyed it i was in a pediatric orthodontic practice it was so fun i had so much fun and i just grew from there and i was a communications major in college um, thinking that maybe I would do, um, yeah, I, I really love that. I really love communication yeah. and had so much fun with it. But my part-time job kind of led me um, to investigate more of the sciences. And that's what I did. And, and being a dental assistant at an early age, especially when you're a freshman or sophomore in college, you know, they start you with all the easy stuff, right? They start you with like filing the charts, making phone calls, calling insurance, cleaning, you know, um, stocking. And so I did all the, I like rotated through the dental office and did like everything, even marketing. And so it was just a lot of fun. And that's where the passion grew. That's where the interest grew. And that's how it all got started. Definitely. I can hear your story where you're saying the nurturing, caring aspects. And I definitely see that throughout your whole um, ambiance of just like, even in like all of your pictures and stuff. I really just love how you're so caring to the children. And I really love that you also incorporate parents at your practice. I think it's really nice that you can have the families go to your dentistry office as well. So you can just have like one stop instead of having to split up, which is really nice. Yeah. It's been convenient for sure for for a lot of families. 
Well, great. I am looking forward to seeing what technology you're using in your practice. So I wanted to ask our first question is the diamond in the rough. So this is a product that you are using that maybe not many dentists know about that's been a big advantage at your practice. Um, let's see, diamond in the rough. I don't know what other doctors use. Um, I only know what I use and mm -hmm. I really love technology. Um, of course, when it works, <laughs> when it's right. not working, it's frustrating. But I really have to say that if, if there are doctors that are not digital, you know, that's like the first step I think that you have to do is become a digital practice. And what I mean by digital is making sure you've got, you know, digital radiographs or x-rays, um, trying to not have paper charts. Um, I think that's like first step and doing away with paper charts is amazing. And I love, love, love that. Um, and I think that you have to look at different ways of communicating with patients. So technology as in your communication platform and how you communicate with your patients, whether it's through email or texting, I think that's really important as well. And I love that I can use different types of technology like the, um, my scanner, my intraoral scanner. So we don't have to do those messy alginate molds on kids. Um, we can scan their teeth for, you know, as long as they're able to do it. So there's a lot of different ways that technology, in my office, I use technology, um, but I, I like toys, I like gadgets. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really, I, I really like to, to use that in my office. Yeah, I think touching on, like you said, going paperless has been a big thing with going digital. Like you said, with the di then you need to make sure you have your radiographs, which I think is important as well as you're explaining. Do you mind telling me if you have offhand the scanner you're using on the kids, just maybe for like other dentists so they can hear what you've been using? Um, so we're using the iTero. Okay. And um, that, there was a learning curve. I mean, um, it was funny because my dental assistants, they would just stare at the machine <laughs> for like a couple of weeks. I'm like, you guys, we have to use it. Um, but once they got the hang of it, it was good. And of course, you know, we had to communicate with our lab. Like, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to be scanning. Are you able to accept scans? And so once we made sure that the labs were able to accept scans, um, it just became easier. And what's awesome is that your patients notice these things. Right. Your patients are like, oh my God, you have this. You know, my friend was saying that they live, you know, in California and their doctor scans their teeth and they don't have to do those molds anymore. And, mm. and, and, and your patients recognize that you're up to date, that you have the newest technology. Um, that's what they're paying for in essence. Not only is it a marketing tool that you're up and um, up on your technology, but it's also creates value. Like it's creating, like, this is why this year my fee schedule increased by 3%. There you go. You know, you're paying for this technology to be used. You are offering these services to your patients. And that's, that's, you know, part of what they're paying for. Part of what they're paying for is obviously your expertise, um, your time, and obviously your overhead. But another component is, they're paying for the services that are, you know, state of the art. Yes. I mean, I agree with you. The cutting edge and you're giving them the most, I mean, you're 
pretty much with the technology too, it's like saving time and money for them because for you guys in the long run, I think, you know, up the overhead can seem a lot, but in the long term and how many patients appreciate it and your team appreciates it, like you were explaining, I think all in all, this technology really helps us grow with the practice and it really makes your patients happy and you're educating them and the treatment and diagnosis, I feel like just get more clear and more accurate while using the proper tools. Correct. So that's really great to hear. And I just think, you know, having the scanner with the kids, I bet it's a lot easier because I can only imagine getting an impression with the child's mouth. I'm sure that is not easy. Even as adults, I'm sure we, we struggle. Yeah, definitely. Um, the kids love it. You know, it's about the experience. And when they leave happy, it's, it's a better experience for them. It's a better experience for the parent. It's a better experience for your assistant and doctor overall. It's about... Um, you know, it's about speed, it's about experience, it's about chair time, it's about the whole package. So if you're using technology to your advantage, it should save you time and it should save you money. It should pay for itself. Yeah, the ROI will come back. And that's the big thing with technology, which has been great from a lot of you dentists and hearing what you're using. So like you said, it's definitely been a big advantage and I'm happy to hear that things are working out with the scanner with the kiddos at your practice. Yes. yes. That's good. So I want to ask the next questions are no risk, no reward. So this is something that you've invested time in and you put the money in and it's been an advantage to the practice. Um, I would say that I have invested in um, software that, well, not, not, I didn't purchase the software, but I have aligned myself with a company that allowed me to become even more paperless. And so I use Yappy in one of my offices. So I have two offices and Yappy helps me in one. So I wanted to try it out in one office first and it's a satellite office. So it's a little bit smaller um, where patients don't have to fill out a piece of paper. They can check in through an iPad. Oh, that's very nice. And then that information just goes streamlined straight into the, com to the computer. So I use Dentrix at my office. So they are able to, you know, use a, um, an iPad. So the tablet, they just punch in whatever they need to. And then it goes straight into streams right into the Dentrix software. So that's oh. even better because there's no paper and there's no right. scanning and there's no shredding. <laughs> um, so that has been a really, 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 really good process. And um, my staff love, love, love it. I mean, like very streamlined. I think a lot, a lot of times, like you're saying, getting paperless and using, you said it was Yappy, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been hearing some good things about them. And that's pretty neat to hear, like how you said you can just use the um, tablet and you probably can send like your reminders and paperwork through them. Is that correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, so I think a lot of dentists, I think that's a big thing. Like you're saying, if they're wanting to switch over, I feel like that's been a pretty good company to maybe look into. So yeah. yeah, awesome. So that brings me to the flop, which is the opposite end of this. And this could just be on anything that could have been like maybe a waste of time and money that you thought you were going to use in the practice, but unfortunately just maybe didn't really end up using it as much as you thought you would. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I don't really have much regrets. Well, but that's the awesome. one, I guess, piece of equipment that I don't really use and none of the doctors or my associates or staff really use to the full potential is my carry view. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of a carry view. I would love to hear it. And I know our dentist would probably like to know the type of product. Um, 
I believe it's through Dexis and Carrie, okay. you, it looks like a pen and it, um, what it does is it has some kind of technology that has like almost like an x-ray. Oh, okay. And you mm -hmm. can see dark spots in the tooth that are supposed mm. to be lesions, like cavitated lesions. So if you can't take an x-ray or if you're unsure, maybe you have a lesion that's under the enamel, but not okay. like a, like a huge cavity. Right. You can use that. It's not like transillumination. It's a little bit different. Cause yeah, I've heard of that. And yeah. I definitely know what that was. So I was a little thrown off just by like the name of this tool because yeah. I would definitely want to look into more of the tools they have. Yes. Yeah. So the carry view, it's just, um, not being utilized as much just because the doctors would rather have an x-ray. And so, um, so that's the one thing that I don't really use that I did invest in. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all, I think, you know, sometimes we think we're going to be using that product and maybe try to implement it where, you know, it can be used when it's like, maybe like, I would say like something like that, wouldn't it be like more of like a one tooth scenario where you really kind of just want to like look at that specific tooth. Because like when you were using, when you went to get it, what was going to be like your purpose? I mean, we have used it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have right. used it. I just, just not as often as I would like, but we do like, if we have patients that are anti x-rays and anti radiographs, you know, then mm -hmm. I'm like, we, I mean, I'm like, I'm sorry, but we need to, right. you know, figure out like if this is a cavity or not, then we'll use it. Or if the patient's a gagger and we just can't mm -hmm. get them to get an x-ray, then we'll use it and just to like rule there out that go. there's no cavity. So there are, there are reasons to use it. It's just not as often as I would like. Right. So that's really good to hear because I'm sure, you know, Dennis would like to know when they're also, you know, you kind of get in that situation where you might have a patient, which mm -hmm. is having these same problems with like the gagging and not really knowing like if they want to have, have, you know, the radiation, which is actually way safe now, right, but right. you know. So that's really great. I'm, and this is kind of leads me into uh, my question about when you're doing your technology with the um, kids or probably with like the parents, I just kind of wanted to hear like your dental fluence, like how you kind of connect with the, maybe like the parents when you go to like do like the kids x-rays, like kind of how you get that treatment started because sometimes, you know, I'm sure they kind of shy away maybe from that getting done, but you know, with the kids, do you like to take x-rays just as much as adults? So, you know what, with, um, you know, we only take them once a year. And okay. if they are, if they're high risk, then we'll say we need to take them a little bit more often, but if they're okay. low risk, you know, then we can wait another six months or so. But we often tell the parent that with the digital x-ray, there's lower radiation. Mm -hmm. um, it's very minimal and that it's really necessary because children's teeth, the enamel is, is different from adult teeth. Right. And some kids, when they get a cavity, if you wait too long to take an x-ray, it can blow up. And before you know it, mm. they have tooth pain. And with adults, you know, it might take three years before they feel any pain. You know, maybe the cavity progression is much lower and the enamel makeup of primary teeth, um, much thinner, brittle enamel. And so the risk of getting a huge cavity is much greater. And so when we explain and educate the parent as to why we need the um x-ray for the cavity they will you know say yeah they'll give you permission and and they're agreeable and a lot of it is building trust with the patient you know you have to build trust with your parents and i tend to not be very aggressive or um with my treatment planning and and say you know what this tooth is going to fall out within two years there's a cavity in it but i'm not going to fill it like if if the child complains then we'll decide do we do a filling or just take it out um, but I think that if you're honest 
and you're doing the right thing or you're doing what you would want for your own family, the patient will trust you. And, and when you have to make these decisions and you have to do things, they're going to agree with you because they know that you're doing what's in the best interest of the child. Yes, you touched on some really great points about just really having a strong connection, like not only like, you know, with your parents, because the kids want to feel comfortable. And I agree with you completely that it's all about that patient comfortability for the kids. And I think having the parents there and, you know, it's like you're saying, you're not going to be pushy and it just kind of shows itself and you're making the best, you know, I think treatment plan for the kiddo. Like you're saying, you know, the tooth's going to fall out. That's really sweet of you to just kind of like break that down and have that, you know, kind of a pure connection with them to where they don't have to feel like it's a must. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wonderful. So, yeah. And I think that like everyone um, who's listening should know that the relationship building is just as important and as a dentist, as a dentist you know, the relationship you have with your patient and, and you're not going to win everybody, you know, you're not going to be best friends with everybody and that's okay. Um, but there has to be a fit and you have to be comfortable. And I think that when you're a new dentist or a younger dentist in, in starting, and I'm talking younger, not in age, but younger as an experience, mm-hmm. there's a tendency to be like, oh, I want as many patients as I can have. And I need to have as many patients as I, I can grow the practice and I need to produce. And, and there's this pressure. And to them, I have to tell you, you know what? you're not going to be a fit for everybody and that's okay. And you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but not everybody's supposed to be your patient, you know, and, and you have to discern that because sometimes you regret treating a patient and you bend over backwards. And then six months later, it just comes back and bites you in the butt and Mm -hmm. they're not grateful. And they're just argumentative and they write you a one-star review. And you're like, why did I even touch this person? You know, or, or doctors are afraid to get rid of patients from their practice. And I'm not saying kick them out or give them a boob, but I'm just saying like, you, you can, you have a choice. You have a choice to take on people that you want in your practice. And so I train my front desk, like, look, if a patient calls, let's say you get a new patient call and they're extremely rude to you and they're extremely obnoxious, don't give them an appointment. And he said, I'm not starving. We're not, no. we're not hungry here. We, we don't need they that. They should be appreciative of your service. Like if, you know, they're calling for you guys and it's, that's crazy to me that people will call in and be upset like that, but it does happen. It does happen. It does yes. happen. And, and you just say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it doesn't look like we can fit you into our schedule and move on right? because that right there is the first step, the phone call. And if your front desk knows appropriately how to filter the right patient, because the last thing you want is that rude person coming in and then, and then physically in front of the whole lobby of patients start yelling and throwing papers at you or, or pens or whatever, you know, um, that, is what I call riffraff. I'm like, no, we do not need riffraff in the office. We don't need to serve these type of people that are just obnoxious, that are going to be obnoxious going to Starbucks. They're going to be obnoxious going to the dry cleaners. They're going to be obnoxious Mm -hmm. going to the grocery store. They're going to be obnoxious at their waiter. They're going to be obnoxious. So I'm like, that's that personality type. We don't want that. 
no, no, I don't think any office would. And I think that's very great advice. Like you're saying, like, know like who you'd want in your chair and not have them cause a scene in the practice. Right. Like that's not a good feeling and you need a healthy environment. It's never a good feeling when you have a patient that makes it feel uncomfortable and toxic and they're upsetting everyone else that's there. And it's like, yeah, no, we don't, no. we don't have to have that person show up. No, but we no. can try to stop it early right. on. Right. So yes. And I just love too that you're, you know, saying for like young, younger dentists and like, you know, as you said, you're like when you're starting out, like you have this pressure and I think a lot of people in, like, you know, in dentistry have that feeling where you want to book, you know, as many patients as you can, but also knowing like what you can handle. Mm-hmm. And like, that has been such great advice because, you know, I think there's a lot of dentists out there that might struggle, especially when we're like starting out. Yeah. It's just wonderful because, Hey, mommy dentist podcast, you guys, I know you have some great tips over there as well <laughs> on topics like this. So just wanted Definitely. to put that out there. Definitely. And it is just so awesome to just get your tidbits on practicing. And even like when you said, like giving kids, you know, you're, you're doing children a lot of times and giving those tips for new moms with kids. So if you guys wanted to see any of those, I just wanted to shout your channel out because your podcast gives really great tips for understanding what phases and what times kids should be doing things with going to dentists. Thank you. Thank you so much. So thanks for coming on a dental tech chat and I wish you all the best with your podcast and with your practice. This same, year. same to you. Thank you so much, Allie. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. You Thank Bye. you. Bye. It was so great having Dr. Grace Yum of Yummy Dental and Orthodontics, one of the leading pediatric dentists in Chicago, Illinois, here on our dental tech chat. She is also the founder of Mommy Dentist and Business podcast. If you guys would like to go visit her, you can check her out on her Facebook page and Instagram handle. She explains to us today the importance of technology in creating value for her patients, and also she enjoys having it for her staff to use. Her advice is to first go digital in your practice and to go paperless, and then incorporate digital technology and using diagnostic tools in your practice. We hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and we will see you in our next one.